0: I'm Zibby Owens and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Today's episode has been sponsored by Pediatrician In Your Pocket at dr-jen.com. Dr. Jennifer Trachtenberg is a mother of three and a 20-plus year pediatrician, board certified, who has called all of her amazing advice and made a series of five-minute videos on everything from feeding and sleeping to safety and all types of parenting issues, which basically every parent out there can use, especially in the middle of the night when you can't reach your pediatrician. So this is like a must do. And she's offering a discount to everyone with code PIP20. PIP20 is the code to get 20% off of all of her modules. So definitely go to doctor gen.com and check it out. It's also on a link in my website too, zibbyowens.com. I'm here today with Randy Zinn, who's the author of Going Beyond Mom, How to Activate Your Mind, Body, and Business After Baby. She's a mindfulness and wellness expert and the founder of Community Beyond Mom, which offers expert interviews, lifestyle advice, stories, Stories, a podcast including "Going Beyond" with Randy's In, events and retreats for the 10,000 creative and productive moms, and its membership. Randy is an Athleta ambassador and has partnered with many companies like SoulCycle, Physique 57, Apple Seeds, and more. She's a regularly featured expert in the media and has appeared in the New York Times, Huff Post, and others, plus on Fox 5 New York and more. She's a certified yoga instructor and teacher, and currently lives in New York City with her husband and two children. Welcome, Randy. Thanks for coming on, moms. do have time to read books. Thanks for having me, Zivi. Okay, Going Beyond Mom, it's an empire, it's a website, it's also a book. Tell me about the book part first. How did this book come about, and what's it about? What can moms get out of this book?
1: Okay, so similar to yourself, I've always been a writer, so expressing myself through written word felt very logical. Beyond Mom really did start as written content on my website, and because of that, when I started really inquiring of myself, okay, what is that thing that I can give people? It's one thing to invite people to come to an event, which I've done. It's one thing to write an article on a website, which I've done. But there's something very special about creating something that belongs in the hands of people and that you know can go home with them and that the things that you've written can impact them somehow. And frankly, from a business model, you need something to sell. Mm -hmm. And so it was a mixture of knowing that I needed that thing To sell, and the fact that I finally felt like after years of working with women and mothers that I actually had some things to say, and the book was where I wanted to land that wisdom.
0: So now let's go back. You started Beyond Mom in your apartment. In your tell me the story. You're sitting there one day. You're writing take me through the whole, the whole thing. Yeah. Well,
1: it didn't start from, I was sitting in my apartment okay. one day.
0: <laughs> I just made that up. I know
1: you did. And, and if I went back in time, it might look that way, but If I really go into the story, it really started earlier than that. I was a yoga teacher for a handful of years while I was juggling a lot of other very complicated parts of my life, which I have a feeling we'll get into. Yoga was my saving grace personally, and it also became the place where I could take a lot of the struggles in my life take the lessons I was learning from them and help people. It was a very direct equation. My favorite part of teaching yoga was not so much about the poses, although I love the poses and they're incredibly healing, but I loved telling stories. That was where I dug the experience of teaching. And if you're a yoga person, you might know that as the Dharma talk. The Dharma talk is that moment in beginning of class where you take a deep breath and then your teacher gives you some kind of nugget of wisdom. That was my favorite part. And then connecting that to the postures felt like this incredible opportunity to weave whatever I was going through and give something, a gift to people that could, in a way I might never know, help them. When I look back, that was the beginning of Beyond Mom. This is before I had kids, but it was this place where I could kind of be one-on-one with another human being and be like, I get it. I'm with you. I feel your pain. (laughs) I have some ideas for you. Let's talk about it. Let's be in community together. I was really, really hooked on that experience. So I got pregnant, and I was still teaching through my pregnancy, but I knew pretty quickly as my belly got bigger and my back started hurting that I wasn't going to be schlepping around New York City teaching yoga the way I was. So I inquired what part of my teaching can come with me. And that's why I started writing. And I would say at the time blogging, because I wanted to continue telling the stories. I wanted to continue helping people. And I wanted that one-to-one experience. And for anybody who knows what motherhood community feels like, the beauty of it is that one-to-one experience. It's that I've got this right, you know, I've got this solution for you. Or, oh, I don't have a solution, but I feel you. I've been right with you. Whatever that one-to-one experience is, that's the most powerful part of a motherhood community. So really that's where the spirit of Beyond Mom started. Then, once I started writing and blogging and, I mean, so early, early dabbling in social media because I really didn't know anything at the time. And, gosh, I guess this is like semi-pre-Instagram when I really was kind of like experimenting with this. That sort of the nature of who I was started to come out in this voice of being a mother. Then I said, okay, what's next? Because I don't really want to live on a computer. I want to be with people just like I was in the yoga studio. So that's where the very early Beyond Mom event experience started, which for several years, that's predominantly what I was doing. I was having everything from events that kind of had a networking vibe to it, always a wellness, fitness kind of vibe to it. Really, I just wanted to create experiences for women to come together, enjoy whatever action they were doing, make connections that maybe they wouldn't have made elsewhere, and always, always to feel elevated, to feel like they left a little better than when they walked in. And I'm proud to say that, you know, over the years, I have done focus groups when I'm figuring out what I'm doing next. And I ask people, like, why do you, why do you hang out with me? You know, because there's a lot of places you could be. There's a lot of places you can go, a lot of people you can hang out with. And people always say that whenever they've interacted with Beyond Mom, they know that they're meeting people who are kind of like them in the heart space. Like, they they feel inspired. They've met women who they've become best friends with or collaborated with. And it's not because, like, you give me something I need. It's like, I see you. There's a deeper space. At basic, I'm a spiritually oriented human. And so everything I do comes from that place of service and connection to people.
0: Wow. So if people want to be a part of your events in your community, what should they do? Go to beyondmom.com? Just getting that out there right away. Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, definitely beyondmom.com is the place
1: to kind of sniff around and, you know, read some content, listen to my podcast, which we'll talk more about podcasts, you know, understand more about my book, see a video book trailer about it. Of course, social media, Instagram is definitely like the place that I hang out a lot. Um, (laughs) And yeah, my book and my podcast are probably like
0: the most concrete ways. Let's talk about the podcast. When did you decide to start the podcast? How did you decide on the format of it? Who did you want to talk to? How has it grown over the years? Yeah,
1: well, the podcast, uh, you know, like so many of us who are entrepreneurial in their spirit, our moms, we come up with a format to express what we have to say in a way that works in our life, hopefully. So the podcast actually came, um, I want to say that it was somewhat after the book, I think. Um, yeah, I want to say that it was. Say it. Just say I it. I think it was. Out. I, I am mean, like, you know, like, <laughs> time, time mixes matter. up. No one knows except that I, you. I know, I know. <laughs> time mixes up in my head. So, yeah. So, the book happened and the podcast idea came because my daughter was born. So this is now almost four years ago. And... I was in that familiar place that many of us understand, which is, okay, I'm going to be home a lot more now, but I don't want to lose the spirit of what I'm doing. I had been really heavy into events for probably two years before that. I was out a lot. That's why I know a lot of the people I know. I was just out there meeting people. So that was coming to a shift. And I thought, how can I be here with this baby, with her on my boob, and how can I continue to talk about what I want to talk about? And how can I continue to quote network? I'm doing quotes, network, but not be out out there. Mm -hmm. And it seemed like a podcast was a really smart way to do that. And I totally did it very experimentally. And I don't regret that because I, I think a really big limitation for a lot of people is sometimes just getting started. People think it needs to all be just totally perfect and developed and produced to do it at all. And I definitely fit into that category and other parts of things I've done. But when it came to the podcast, I was like, oh, wait, there's some technology on my computer. There's a mic. Let me just start recording some things I have to say. And that's really how I started. Now, when I listen to those very early episodes, I kind of want to strike them from the record because they kind of I don't want to say they suck, because that sounds very judgmental, but they're just not as good as what's happening now. But I started, and I'm glad that I did, because I started to just bring people in who, to me, fit a beyond mom conversation, who I could kind of dig into their stories and their motherhood experience and their productive experience in their lives and pick their brains. With each iteration of the podcast, it's elevated like anything. You learn what to do, what not to do. You learn where it makes sense to invest, where you don't need to invest. I quickly realized that I needed a great mic, good headsets, and a good editor. Once I got the good editor, she said, okay, so you need an intro and an outro, so we recorded those. And before I knew it, it had a much more polished feeling. And then over time, I think what's been really cool is my voice, as as now I can say a thought leader, has really elevated because in the beginning, even as an example, the intro was some actress's voice introducing the podcast Right before this current season, it re- like, I really sat with it. And I was like, no, it should be me. Yeah. It's me. Like, I'm the person talking about this podcast, not an actor's voice. So I recorded that. Um, and it felt so right. And now for this next season that will launch in January, I'm ready to edit that intro and shift it a tiny bit because there's something I want to get more specific about. But that's the process. And I really enjoy that process. So... In terms of guests, Mm -hmm. let's see. I mean, I have interviewed some unbelievable people. And what I'm really proud of is that there's a really great mixture of well-known names, people who I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm interviewing this person. or I'm almost a little nervous. And it has like a little bit of a splash. Oh, you interviewed that person. But some of the most powerful interviews have been with people that I personally know who have amazing stories to tell, and I just want people to hear these stories. And those episodes I'm so proud of. And interestingly, some of those have gotten more listens than with the well-known people because there's just something really magical there. So I always want to keep that balance between like the well-knowns and the people who maybe don't have a famous name but are so wise. So... You know, the other thing that's interesting in the evolution of the podcast, this brand very much did start in the voice of motherhood, beyond mom. It still is there in a lot of ways, but I always felt a calling to speak to women in general. I wasn't sure what part of my brand would head in that direction, but it's definitely become the podcast. So that's why the name of the podcast is called Going Beyond, um, not Going Beyond Mom, because I'm interviewing women who are not mothers, I'm having conversations that are not just about motherhood, um, although some are. And that feels really right because women need these conversations, not just mothers. So the podcast has just been a fantastic journey and now bringing live events into it and live podcast recordings, it's it's really becoming an exciting space to play.
0: That's awesome. I couldn't agree with you more. And I feel the same with you were saying what you were saying about More splashy guests versus non splashy. That's why I love having like debut authors. And I I feel the same way. I'm like, gosh, I hope people listen to this one because this one's a really good episode. And I hope people aren't just clicking based on the name of the author or do I know this author? Because, yeah, I feel like the most, some of the most intense conversations are with people whose books I might not have found otherwise and who have these amazing stories. So I totally
1: agree. 100%. Also, the other thing I've realized, nope. Criticism to anybody, but as you know, as a podcaster, you need the people who you interview to also promote the episode. Like that's part of the deal. You know, we're out there trying to get our voice heard, our podcast listened to. And when our guests share it, it just means the world because listeners who might not know about our podcast hear it. What I've noticed is that the well knowns don't always share the episode, but the people who maybe are slightly lesser known names share so much. And then the listening
0: happens. So yeah, give the underdogs a chance is the the, the motto here. Yeah. So if we can go into more of your painful past, Mm -hmm. if that's okay. So Mm -hmm. you're, you're, and you write about this in the book, so. Yes, it's public. So I feel okay asking you. So your father died in a plane crash when Mm -hmm. you were 25. Mm -hmm. Tell me about that. And I'm so sorry. I was, I did not know until I was in your book, reading it. And anyway, yeah, I'm so sorry. Thank you. Tell me about what happened then and how it ended up changing your life and your mission and just the reset button that got hit for you. Yeah,
1: yeah. And as you, I mean, those of you who are listening, Zibi and I had a little communication before this and I appreciated that you shared your own story of loss at a similar age and I'm sorry for that. And I think we both know that, you know, it it is the loss that does shift your life. It's very, it becomes a very difficult thing to imagine in a very strange way when so many years have passed that it didn't happen, although you wish it never did. So my relationship to the whole thing now, 14 years later, is, it's like a a very interesting mixture of experience. I'm sure you can relate to that feeling. So, yeah, so... The painful past. My dad was a visionary, and he was an entrepreneur and an environmentalist and a very, very successful business person who built everything he had from absolutely nothing. I was very proud of him. I was very close to him. I'm an only child. And I was also very, very sheltered. Now I know that, of course. I didn't know a lot about his life, his business life. I knew a lot about him as a person. It wasn't like I was trained to become his protege at all. So with all of that said, I moved to New York like many of us do. From where? where I grew up in the Hudson Valley, so not too far. And my whole family is from New York City and Brooklyn originally. But I moved here, let's see, July 2001. It was just a few months before 9-11. And I started my job, my first job at Conde Nast in magazines. I
0: worked at Conde Nast. We Did have like you? The same, yes. We yeah. have the same life. Anyway, we'll
1: go there. We'll go yeah, there. Yeah. Okay. By the way, Zibby's going to be on my podcast, everybody. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I'm telling my story, she'll tell her story. <laughs> so, yeah, so I, I moved to New York. I was like, I'm going to do the magazine thing. I was a totally artsy, creative kid. Partied. I mean, I was doing the thing, you know? And— I went to grad school because after 9-11, all the magazines were shutting down. The jobs were becoming limited. Of course, they paid nothing. It was just, it wasn't the greatest of times in that way. But my dad was really supportive of me continuing my education. I was interested in media, which is kind of, an interesting part of how it all our stories kind of weave over time and i was just finishing graduate school in what graduate school in what sorry i went to new school mm-hmm. new school for media studies and film mm-hmm. and i had just graduated june 2005 And I was exploring what was next. It was like, okay, now it's time to get out there. I think I took a job and I left a job and I started freelancing. And I had had an internship at Oxygen Network. Again, the focus on women Mm -hmm. and their their needs was always there. And I was just kind of like getting my own personal wheels turning in a certain direction. I had just become really obsessed with yoga, but only as a practitioner. Mm -hmm. I was just taking class all the time. And then it was October 19th, 2005. It was a beautiful, sunshiny day. And out of the blue, I got the phone call that he had crashed his plane. And He was flying the plane? He was flying the plane. He was a private pilot. It was totally his passion, one of his passions. He loved to be in the sky. And it was how he got around. And he kind of felt like he was skirting, like, the little people in a way. Like, he would be like, do you know that it would take six hours to drive? And it just took us 45 minutes in the airplane. He also owned our local tiny general aviation airport in our hometown, which we'll talk about that if you want. So I grew up as, you know, in some respects, a, a co-pilot, like not that I flew, but I was always around it. I was always with him. And I think it truly was a worst nightmare, an absolute worst nightmare And he was alone, thank God. There was no one else in the plane. And he was just flying from Florida to North Carolina for a golf game to meet his friends. It was a truly unfortunate set of circumstances where an air traffic controller basically steered him into a pop-up thunderstorm, which in Florida happens all the time. So, you know, in terms of that period of time of my life, I want to say that I remember most of it. But I would guess that I don't remember all of it because I think what happens is you go into a tunnel of survival. You know, it's like having a limb cut off. It's like really the most visceral, physical experience. For me, it was a mixture of sitting with like my own loss, my own reality of like a whole life that I thought was gonna obviously be a certain way and was now totally going on another path. It was the obvious loss of my dad. Um, We were super, super close. And, you know, I think the other thing that I think anyone who has lost, particularly a very close family member, can relate to is that every person plays a role in a family unit. And you remove one, and it's almost like a domino effect. All of these other family dynamics shift and change. So I can say that No other relationship was the same after that, even on a family level, friendships, everything. Business-wise, my dad's life was not prepared for him to leave it. He was not well-organized, let's put it that way. And so it was a giant mess for years. And so this is how, when we talk about like what happens next, there was a period of several years that, I kind of lived multiple lives all at the same time. There was the fact that my dad's life needed me. Again, I'm an only child. My parents had weirdly divorced the year before. So all of his world was mine.
0: Oh, my gosh. Yeah,
1: it was really insane. I luckily at that time did have people that were very ingrained in his business life that were there to work with me and support me. But it was very painful. I'm I'm only now just getting more verbal about these things. I think I was afraid to say a lot of things for a long time, but I'll just say it out loud. Whenever there is money or the perception of assets or money or wealth, and then you add in death or vulnerability or anything, the ugly and the evil comes out. And so I suffered quite a bit of deceit and things that I don't know if I'll ever fully move on from. And the reason that I say that is it's not that I don't believe in the good of people. Obviously, I do. But it's trauma, and and when you interact with certain things as your life goes on and you feel those similar reactions, you know that things that happened at a certain time are still with you. So that's what I mean when I say that. So over that time, I was very enmeshed in his estate matters being resolved. We had to sell off certain parts of his business, There was a lot of articulation of things that took a lot of time and energy. That was one track of my life. The other track of my life is really, I think, what became the story I was just telling you, which is my other job was taking care of myself. I needed healing work. And I started in all of my spare time figuring out how to do that. So that was tons of yoga. I think that was like every healing modality you could possibly imagine everything from like massage and acupuncture and Reiki and energy work and therapy and grief counseling and yeah, all of it. And what I discovered was the path of like all the layers of getting into the grief and the sadness and the confusion and, and then like kind of slowly but surely discovering the light in it. And the light, of course, is where you start to connect with other people. And I wanted suddenly to share some of that. And, you know, there's like you, I think, mentioned that quote. I yes,
0: find it. It's um, when your heart is broken. First, you said, I had this buzzing sensation in my spirit telling me that the heartbreak I had been through was going to allow me to deeply connect with and help many, many people. And then you mentioned a quote that you had heard, when your heart breaks open, God floods in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yes, those quotes say it all.
1: And, you know, I'll say that The first quote of like, there was a buzzing, there was something that told me to get up every day. There wasn't one day that I ever laid in bed all day in depression. Every day I got up to do whatever had to be done, even if it was a quiet day and I just got to go to a yoga class or do something to get myself going. So I never stepped out of life. I was always in it. And in terms of the God flooding in, I think that's it. I think that realizing that pain is universal, I remember suddenly being able to speak to people who were going through divorce, who had cancer, who were going through the loss of a friendship. Mm -hmm. And then the transition into motherhood, which has a lot of loss. And suddenly I was able to sit in that space with people and relate and talk and, and just reflect. And I don't think I was always a compassionate person, but I don't think that that comfort in the discomfort is something I would have ever been able to do without that loss. The other thing too, is that again, being a very sheltered young woman, very much cared for by my dad emotionally and tangibly, I think that I wouldn't have really been able to blossom in the same way if he were here. Not that he wouldn't have wanted me to, not that he wouldn't have encouraged me to, but something happens when you're forced to that is more magnificent. And I
0: think that that is definitely part of my story. Wow. Thank you. That was so beautiful. You should, I mean, wow, you're amazing. (sighs) You know, and you take a lot of your story in the book and give it back. It's like a gift. You know, you talk about like weathering personal tsunamis because, oh, Randy, I'm sorry. (laughs) I cry all the time. No, no. Your stories, I mean, and it's just beautiful that you're sharing it with everybody. And I'm sorry it happened to you. And look how strong and amazing you are. Look at all the stuff you've created for all these people. It's amazing. Thank you. I'm very comfortable crying, by the way, for anyone listening. It's good. It's healthy. I cry all the time. Let it out. Let's just cry it out. (laughs) By the way, I'm so sad that I, during— like in a younger place in my life when you were out there teaching yoga classes in the city and I was in the city like crying my own issues and <laughs> yeah. wandering around that I never intersected with you probably because I didn't really do yoga. But anyway, wish that I had because Aww. that would have like, you know, I can see how you helped so many people yeah. during that It's time. just humanity, you know? yeah. Well, now I don't want to, like—we're, like, almost out of time. I feel like I could sit here and—I mean, I say this often, but I really mean— I feel like I could sit here with you the rest of today and, like, rehash our stories, but— It's all good. Do you— Should we talk a little bit more about the book itself? Yeah. Because we
1: talked about my story. I
0: know. The story's (laughs) in the book. It is in the book. The book is great. The book starts with a whole thing about the body, which I read on the elliptical machine. I felt very self-righteous in that moment. It goes into not just— mom dumb, but also the business part and the entrepreneurial part of being a mom, which I loved as part of this book and I think is a real differentiating factor from other books about, you know, being a mom. But it's all about, like, harnessing that entrepreneurial spirit, what you want to do with your life, giving back. It's like a roadmap to the whole thing, Mm -hmm. interspersed with your own amazing stories and tips and quotes and I don't know. I think it's great. Thank you. So that's the book, Going Beyond Mom, How to Activate Your Mind, Body, and Business After Baby. It starts from right away after birth, after childbirth. It talks about sex. It talks about really everything you'd ever want to know. And it's a guidebook, again, that I wish I had had when I had just had my kids. But again, it's not just for moms in a way, because it's really like, how do you get through life? It's really what it is. Like, how do you make sense of the world and get through life and, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think
1: the other um, really strong principle that I want to impart upon people who read the book is that all parts of ourselves are interconnected. And what I think has really derailed many women in particular, and definitely mothers, is this idea that we're supposed to Plow through our lives and our motherhood experience and put different pieces of who we are on the shelf for a period of time, Mm -hmm. whether that's our physical body, our spiritual self, our emotional well-being, and kind of focus on all of these external needs. Or let's call it one category of our needs, Mm -hmm. like, oh, I have a business idea, so I'm going to go drive that idea And what I felt really called to do with the book is to take the reader through a step-by-step process of defining these different layers of who we are. And it's very yogic in concept, which I think I, I talk about here in the book, but that if any layer of who we are, mind, body, spirit, is neglected, the whole picture is off kilter. And I think if we really slow down and ask ourselves the question, am I, and there's a difference between whole, as in W-H-O-L-E, and perfect, Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about perfection. I'm talking about wholeness. And wholeness means that in a given period of our lives, we're somehow paying attention to all that we are, not every second, not every day, not even every week, but that I'm understanding what the needs of my body is. I'm Mm -hmm. understanding what the needs of my spirit is. I'm working with it. That leads to a sense of wholeness because nothing is being out and out neglected. And so the book's real purpose is to bring you back into a sense of wholeness Mm -hmm. and that all of you has attention to some degree because you are a whole person. And for any woman that thinks that you can be a present mother and you can be a productive person in whatever endeavor you're putting out into the world and not give attention to the very basics of what makes you a human being, well, it's just not real. It's just not true. So yeah, this book felt very much like a gift because I felt, back to my painful story, (laughs) That story taught me that truth, mm-hmm. you know, as loss does. So, also, the other thing I wanna say is that this book is not for people who just had a baby. The after baby part was an addition by my publisher. Like, they felt really strongly that, sh- that it should say that after baby, just to be very clear on who it was targeting mm-hmm. specifically. But actually, this book is for any woman and definitely a mother of any phase because motherhood is, as I always say, postpartum is forever.
0: <laughs> it's true. <laughs> You're always journeying motherhood. That's the, could be the next book. You could postpartum forever. That's a good title. Okay. Yeah, I like that. I'll write it down in my notes. <laughs> So what's coming next for you? I'm sure you have a zillion things in your mind that you want to pursue next.
1: Well, I'm really focusing on the next season of my podcast, the Going Beyond Podcast. I have got some fantastic interviews lined up with some real amazing thought leaders. And I'm super excited because on February 13th, 2020, I'm hosting the next live podcast recording that was so successful in October. And this time we're focusing on stress. And stress as a conditioning in our society and then bringing on the people who are truly the masters and the experts about how we can shift away from almost like what we assume is normal and really start forging a path that is happier and more free. And we kind of like hear these buzzwords, you know, and a lot of things we might pay attention to, but but how are people really doing it? So I'm really excited to bring that conversation to light. And that's going to be hosted at Athleta Flatiron here in Manhattan, February 13th um, in the evening. And all event information will be on the Beyond Mom website. But for any of you who love podcasts, love topics like this and want to be around really smart, insightful women, this is the event to come to. Amazing.
0: i adding it to my calendar. <laughs> okay. Do you have any advice to aspiring authors?
1: <sighs> I do. Can I give a creative piece of advice and then a logistic piece of advice? No. <laughs> Are you being sarcastic? Yes, yes, of course you can. Okay, okay. okay. The creative part is to, once, you know, once you feel the muses kind of, like, knocking at your door, not to disregard any idea, you know, any thought. It can feel, especially, like, if you happen to be someone like myself and Zibby, you're juggling kids, you have ideas, whatever, that you don't have time. But it's amazing what can be going on in your brain while you're doing all the things. So have your either your tangible journal or your notes open on your phone all the time and jot your ideas your ideas down because you will forget them mm-hmm. and i won't i don't want you to yep. so collect your thoughts at all times they're all relevant especially when the creativity muses are starting to come to you if that's the first one um the second one as i've learned about publishing a book and putting it out there it's not just about the book anymore mm-hmm. we live in a world that is very much a platform-driven world. So when you're thinking about what it takes to come up with a topic for a book, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, what it is that you want to share, what it is you want to say, consider the bigger picture also. What else might you want to be driving and growing to support the idea of putting a book out there? So maybe it's an Instagram handle that captures a certain theme or a certain book that would support that theme of the book. Maybe it's a YouTube channel. Maybe it's that you wanna start gathering people to have certain kinds of discussions in your home once a month that are supporting some of the things you're talking about in the book. Start thinking outside of just the book itself, because you will be expected Mm -hmm. to have platforms and other ways of connecting with the topic of your book, fiction or nonfiction. So that's my little tip. I'm glad you gave all the tips.
0: (laughs) Well, Randy, thank you for sharing all this and for all you do to help other women and everything that you do in life. It's really amazing and inspiring.
1: Thank you. And thank you for doing this podcast, Zibby, because it's not easy to be an author. It can be sort of like this, it's, it sort of has a whole a whole bunch of like gold stars associated with it, like oh you wrote a book, but actually it can feel a little bit like there's a bajillion authors out there, and where do you find your place? So I think it's amazing that you give authors the chance to come and share the heart of why they do what they
0: do. Oh, wow, it's my pleasure. Yeah, look at all the benefit I get. I get to hear <laughs> you and listen. That's benefits. amazing. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thanks, ivy Thanks for listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books, the award-winning podcast. Today's episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books was sponsored by Pediatrician In Your Pocket by Dr. Jennifer Trachtenberg, doctor generalcom enter code PIP20, PIP20, for 20% off of these can't miss modules that will make your parenting life so much easier. You can follow me on Instagram at moms don't have time to read books. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Thanks for listening. You can always email me at zibby at zibbyowens.com.